Welcome back to another edition of How I Create Me, where we passionately celebrate remarkable humans on their quest to thrive creatively in the commercial world. I'm your host, Jessica Matthews. This community gives me both the courage to keep going and the wisdom to try something different. I hope our collective stories resonate with your own internal spark, and we're so glad you're joining us. Invite others by rating the show on Apple or Spotify. This helps the algorithm critters introduce us to more folks. And explore our happenings or chime into our conversation online at howicreate.me. Hello, hello. Thank you for tuning in. We have a special installment for you today in How I Create Me. We spend so much time celebrating remarkable humans, and that is first and foremost what we love to do on this show. We thought we'd also take a pause and celebrate the process that gets to bring those remarkable humans together. So I sat down with my producer, Jeff Bond, to talk shop. We explore what it's like to start a podcast, what are some of the obstacles and challenges that we faced, uh, what are some of the things that surprised us that we've really connected with and found deep sources of delight from. And I hope that our stories just encourage you on your journey of creativity and finding your voice wherever it is that you choose to share that. As always, thank you so much for welcoming us into your headspace. We can't wait to hear what you think. Jeff Bond, good morning. Jessica Matthews, how are you, my friend? I am so well. We survived getting our toddler out the door to daycare, which was actually in question for a few minutes because he likes honey in his yogurt and he broke the cap of the honey a little while ago. So it's in this like Tupperware container, which means when you open the container, you have like a lake of honey that's available for this little person. <laughs> I like successfully fended off his like full sensory experience. So I felt pretty good about that. How are you? I don't you? know anything that you're talking about in terms of chaos in the morning with kids. <laughs> Nothing at right, all. Right, yours are just perfect. They just march right out to the car. They remember all their uh, stuff. <laughs> it's like the sound of music around here. <laughs> if that ever happens, I want to see a recording of it. <laughs> So you may see I, it someday. <laughs> so I were if it just hit episode this episode 13 of how I create me, and it's been such a deep and true pleasure in my life. One of the things that I look forward to the most in all of my meetings and work and shuffling through my schedule, I really highly anticipate uh, this podcast. So I thought it would be fun for lucky number 13 to chat as host and producer about the podcast experience. I have found that it has changed me and encouraged me a lot more than I expected. And I wanted to hear like what you were thinking, like when you first started podcasting, what was something that was like more challenging than you expected that maybe you found a reward in? Yeah, I think that's a great way to start. And I'm so thrilled that you feel that way. I tell people all the time that are hosting podcasts that are guests on podcasts that I want it to be the most fun part of their day to really break up the monotony and give them an opportunity to connect and share their authentic stories. How often in life do we get an opportunity to sit down and either listen to someone's story intently, actively listen, or to have someone else share their story or 
for us to be able to share our own story with other people. And our stories are so incredibly important to share to meet the next generation where they're at today and to hopefully leave this world in a better place than where we found it, like our grandmothers all taught us uh, to do. And it's really important to create safe spaces for that. And so I think when I first started podcasting, it was at the beginning of the pandemic when leadership was so critical to how we were forging ahead faithfully amid the uncertainty. And I was talking to a mentor of mine and asked him what he was doing in his leadership to do that. And what he shared with me at that point was just so profound and powerful that I told him that I had wished we had recorded that conversation to share that with others. And uh, the idea was birthed to start a podcast. And I had always been an avid listener of podcasts and a student of leadership. And I listened to a lot of the leadership podcasts that were out there. And so it was a natural arrival point for me to want to create a leadership podcast and start just interviewing leaders around our marketplace. I didn't really quite know what I was doing. It was really just uh, an opportunity to have authentic conversations and to hopefully create inspiration and hope. There was no desire to monetize or any strategy behind it. It was just, let's create a list and start interviewing people. And what I found is it, it the hard part was just the logistics and the organization. I think a lot of people start podcasting and they realize how much goes into it to do it and do it well and to really have a product at the end that you're truly proud of that sounds good, that creates uh, value to the guests as well as the audience uh, that you hopefully are reaching over time with the episode. And then really putting yourself out there and overanalyzing maybe how you sound or how people would perceive the content and being overly concerned with those kind of vanity metrics or how you, like how the, the content is coming off as it relates to your own personal brand. But what I realized over time is that you learn a lot as you go. You learn to worry less about yourself and worry more about others and serving others and becomes a lot of fun to connect with people in those authentic ways. And uh, so much so that two years later, I end up starting my own agency to help other people do all the things that I learned. And so it's been a great journey. I can never stay within time. I think you and I, when we first started booking <laughs> my guests, we're like, oh yeah, we'll do the, like, welcome the guests and record everything. And then us powwow at the end to plan, you know, next step in the next 30 minutes. 30 minutes and we're done. Cause it's like a 20 minute show. Yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> Podcasting is so much fun that I am forever exceeding like whatever slot I have given it on my schedule. And I think that was one of my challenges. I wasn't ready for it. Like I knew I was going to have a good time, but I definitely had this sense of myself that I, you know, I can run a tight meeting. I can get in and out of a good, no. Not when you're having that authentic connection with somebody, it just doesn't work as well. So that was, I think that was a big challenge for me that I didn't expect. And it was a happy challenge to be faced with, uh, much more so than a lot of other um, things. I was really worried about being able to find people that wanted to come talk. And it has been such a pleasure to have a dedicated space for people's stories. Like you said, I think that they're so important to share and we don't often get opportunity right like uh, unless you're like maybe a solopreneur who's pitching all the time to clients and the clients want to know your story of how you got to where you are you don't often get a chance to kind of 
thread together a, a narrative about yourself and your success as a creative in this commercial space and having the dedicated bandwidth literally <laughs> to talk about that has been such a pleasure and my guests have seemed very eager and appreciative of having uh, that opportunity and that occasion it's like an occasion my grandmother was so good at making an occasion and you know right and my mom is like umpteen times even better like she everything she puts her hand to is like so special somehow and that is a grace and an art that I think we've undervalued in terms of how much it allows us to grow and connect as humans so what do you think that has changed like what's something you would point to that's changed dramatically from when you first started I guess it could find it maybe to producing versus hosting, right? Like when you took on a lot of the logistics of it, and I've had the pleasure of sort of being in on the behind the scenes of that myself um, and with how I create me, learning that as well. But like, what's, what are some of the fundamental changes that you've, you've seen in the way that you approach your work now that you're couple years in. Well, gosh, you learned so much and you kind of pointed towards the awareness that you find about yourself as you are, whether it's time management or anything like that, you learn how to tighten it up and you learn how to improve your communication to get ahead of the filler words that we find ourselves saying so much like the rights or you knows or the ums yeah. and the ahs and so <laughs> forth. And you become more keenly aware in production when you're actually listening back to these conversations of these areas of opportunity for growth and process and creating content that matters. Something that has fundamentally changed is I've learned more about having an empathic response and helping hosts speak directly to their audience as well as their guests. Because certainly in an interview style format, you want to shine a bright spotlight on your guests and give them a remarkable experience of being on your show where you're kind of reverse engineering these relationships that are so critical to the impact that we can have through our business. And, and typically we're inviting our key stakeholders onto the show in order to really cultivate this opportunity or this occasion, as you said, to have these conversations. And so managing that experience has been something that I've really learned. And that's kind of fundamentally changed over time is I'm always thinking about how can we make this the best experience for our guests and and really for the audience too who are investing their time to listen to this conversation so that we're providing value to them and so when it comes to the pre-production planning that goes into an episode the production experience itself the post-production and then the downstream content generation and marketing and promotions that comes with acknowledging and recognizing firming the guests that we have on our show publicly and putting you know that's a vulnerable place to be it's like oh now this is published it's real it's out there in perpetuity and there's it's nothing in the worse world. than and like no clicks, no listens, no shares. And you're yeah, like, that's right. does anybody care? Does anyone <laughs> so <yes>. care? <laughs> you yeah. Can't, you can't leave your guests hanging like that. I think that promotional piece is such an integral element of that post-production of like, you're not really finishing out the conversation if you don't 
elevate it and get it out there for people to experience. It really leaves you feel like you said, it leaves you in this vulnerable place instead of in a, a place of feeling affirmed. Yeah. And you already feel vulnerable in that case, right? You're putting yourself out there. You're sharing your story. We typically go deep in the questions and don't just produce commoditized content with pithy advice, right? We're actually there trying to go deep into the stories and meet the next generation where they are to give them inspiration and hope in their uh, industries that they're in. But you know, when you do that and you create that downstream value and and the value long beyond the conversation itself and that one-time occasion, it's helping to elevate their brands. And so when you can package that up and give that to them, first of all, as a gift, uh, hopefully that'll serve them in a smaller or large way in terms of their ability to put out content about themselves that's not all about self-promotion. A lot of people feel vulnerable about that as it is, yeah, but you're giving them yeah. all this content that is amplifying and elevating their brand publicly in the community and the good things that they're doing because you've had the opportunity to unpack that while you're participating in that promotional experience. And so the downstream effect of repurposing content, micro content multiple times and, and kind of reverse engineering different written and verbal and audio and graphical like types of content that certainly helps them and helps you serve them well beyond just doing the episode itself and so i've learned a lot about the logistics there and the value that provides you know in a stakeholder economy and particularly i think about it in a b2b context you know we want to use our brands and our influence to elevate all of our stakeholders and provide value to them so that their families themselves, our customers, our shareholders, suppliers, the community, the environment, like everyone can benefit from these conversations and actions that we're taking. And so being intentional about each and every step and serving our stakeholders well uh, is something that's really fundamentally changed is that like sharp focus. And that's why I've gotten involved with conscious capitalism and B Corp movement and a lot of those uh, business uh, organizations that bring together those purpose-driven leaders. I have been so surprised. I guess that shouldn't surprise me, but I was still surprised at the payoff is much later than when the episode initially airs. I think that a lot of people imagine that when an episode first comes out, that it's in that moment that it has its greatest value. And But it's not like the news, right? Like the news, you're, you are trying to get the scoop. You're trying to be the first one to know. You're trying to stay on top of events as they're unfolding in real time. But podcast media, unless it's news space, is not necessarily, that's not where the payoff is. It's much further down the road. It's as it grows. And at least as a listener, my favorite podcast when I first started listening were from like the early 2010, like 2010, like 2008, to that like the earliest days of podcasting as a profession and they I was discovering them in 2020 <laughs> so it's like a decade later these conversations are still having an impact because our I think our consciousness of time and where it fits into our story is a little skewed because we're constantly the consumer of media we forget how how these things build and cycle. And yes. I get many more downloads of my individual episodes 
after the initial air date versus when it first comes out. And I think that also helps when I feel like I'm in a, like a slump or a rut. <laughs> I'm like not quite sure where to go next or what the next conversation should be that you just keep talking and that it's almost like the conversation will find you that the the right theme the right guests the right moment for an episode to be released because there's also that big gap between when you first book a guest might be a couple of weeks and then you plan together and then that's a couple of weeks and then you record together and then you do post-production and that's a couple of weeks and then it gets released so it, it can be like a four to eight week journey with a single guest and that's just to get it to release and then you have all the promotion and conversation and commenting and sharing back and forth and micro splicing that happens afterwards and so it really is this like long relationship and there's so many more opportunities along the way than I estimated and so when I get into this place of like oh I don't know what's happening it's like yes you do it'll find (laughs) it that we're all looking for where it's like relevant resonant timely encouraging beautiful inspiring etc it'll it has a more of an opportunity to find you than I think you realize as a host and and I think that's something that I've learned quite a bit too. It's it's more in my head than it is in theirs. And you you said a key point is it gives you this opportunity to kind of nurture a relationship over a longer period of time versus it being that one time occurrence. And and that's exciting. But it gives you the opportunity to really get to know that person in a more authentic way and to really learn things about the other person that you wouldn't have otherwise known. And so if you're very intentional from the beginning about the premise of your show and the thought leadership that you're trying to drive and you're really wanting to control the narrative and drive the category in your market or just help develop deep subject matter expertise in the areas that you serve, you're really cultivating a community with lots of people that you're developing these deep relationships with that are going to help you continue to elevate their brands while the social karma and the elevation of your brand kind of comes along with that. And that's something that I've learned is that I've, as I've done well over 100 episodes now of my own show and then helped hundreds of other episodes launch with clients is that you really start to cultivate this really meaningful community with people of influence and uh, and then you can connect the dots when it comes to bringing people together or making connections that are fruitful for each party and finding the win-win-wins for everybody. It just it means so much over time when you're others-focused, when you're in it for the long game. You're not trying to, to seek the immediate vanity metrics or trip because it takes time to build an audience. And you have to stay committed to that and focus on the relationship with your guests first and foremost. And uh, you realize that the community starts to build around you and and that you've had a big part to play in that. And it's it's really exciting when you kind of look back on all the the things that you did and you're like, well, why did I worry so much about, you know, the, the downloads or this from the very beginning? Of course, that's a good signal that things are working, that people are listening and it's not, it's important to look at, but to really start thinking about this opportunity to cultivate community and really an authentic one where you're delivering value and creating impact within it. So let's dream a little bit. If we had 10 times the budget that we do, what would we do with it? 
I would continue to hire more talent, you know, and (laughs) (laughs) more people around me that are as equally passionate about creating impact through content and collaborating. It takes a lot of production to do the things that we do. And the more you can kind of delegate and get things off your plate and invite people to to contribute to their areas of passion that are going to help elevate the game and and help you think differently as well of what can we be doing differently or better with our show. Uh, Anytime you can surround yourself with smart people, as I've been doing with our team, it's really rewarding. And so there's nothing that brings me more joy than having the capacity to pay other people to grow their talents and to to continue to to elevate the whole experience and uh it it brings me a lot of joy to to see that come together i want my audience in the studio more i don't know what that looks like but i there's some podcasts where you can like call and leave a voicemail and then they'll like splice you in when they're talking about like here's what people think or listener mail, like all that kind of stuff is something that I want to do with how I create me that just haven't had the budget and bandwidth for the extra engineering, for the extra phone line and recording, you know, technical equipment that goes into making you sound good on the air when you call in as a listener or, or share that. And I, I think that would be my big dream would be to help close, finish that loop of conversation because it there is one that happens in the studio right and then there's this other one that happens like you said with the production team which is so much fun because it is this great intimate collaboration of really skilled people producing a wonderful product for the world to engage with and then there's that bigger circle of the audience and I feel like they're the ones that are like the farthest away from me and I'm like come closer I uh, I would love to to be able to do that eventually. And there's a lot of, of podcasters that do it really well. So I know it's possible. And I think that would be my my next 10 times the budget yeah. imagination. <laughs> and it's good to have the the possibilities lined up because it's all iterative. You know, if you're if you're focused on the journey and you realize that it's a marathon and not a sprint then you can always introduce new elements as you go. You can change things up. And a lot of podcasters now, and I've been doing more in-person, in-studio type uh, video uh, podcasts as well, and it creates a great opportunity to authentically connect. But sometimes it's in front of a live audience where you have an opportunity for them to ask questions, and then you can repurpose that content. So even if you're out there speaking publicly, you can think, is this something that could be turned into a podcast? And is that uh, a way that I can engage or take my podcast live and on tour? I always say, if you could get like a, a conference where you're up on stage with a fireside chat with multiple people that are in your audience profile, then you could easily say each one of those conversations could then be turned into an episode. And then you have this kind of runway of content that's already been uh, had. You're thinking about how do you repurpose these opportunities while you're with people physically in the same space and creating this interaction. So in addition to the call-ins and the ways that you can engage people virtually, there's a lot of interesting ways that you can do that in person these days as well. Yeah, I think that in-person element is a lot of what is giving me hope right now. 
like somehow, no matter how sophisticated we become with our tools and our travel and our connectivity that goes over bandwidth and through a screen, there's such a precious element of the human life that comes out when we're in a space together, breathing the same air. And that's such a, I think, of course, it's very cliche to say this at this point, but it's still true that the pandemic really highlighted the value of that because it's so easily overlooked when you're just going through life and it's completely normal. And then when something as precious as being in person is threatened by this disease, (laughs) um, it's, it really underscores and underlines and italicizes and bold faces all of the reasons that that's so valuable um, to be together in a shared space. And uh, I think that's really exciting to hear that, that there, those types of engagements are returning and that we're forging, we're finding ways to get back together and that digital experience of a podcast is being married with this in-person experience um, to great fruition, bringing a lot um, out um, that wasn't possible before. That's really cool. So yeah, it is. And I think a lot of people would uh, (laughs) lament that they're, they're missing the in-person experiences or did for the last couple of years. But the one thing I would caution people against is the, the phrase social distancing kind of wish from the very beginning that, it was phrased physical distancing because we still had an opportunity to be intentional about our social spiritual connections and be intentional about how we connect with other people. And I very much value in-person experience as well. But I will say that even over the two years of doing podcasting myself, I felt like I cultivated a stronger network than I had ever had in my life. And I was always an avid networker and intentional about building relationships. But the fact that we were sharing this experience of storytelling and inviting this kind of deeper connection through virtual podcasting, when things started to open up and we started to go back to events, I found myself hugging a lot of executives and people of influence that I probably would have never otherwise had an opportunity to meet or a reason to talk to other than inviting them onto my podcast. And so so that's that's one thing that I have really found is that we have this opportunity to be relevant in a particular community that we're building, cultivating an audience and these key relationships, continuously growing that community in order to serve it well virtually and in person and thinking about how you can really have deep social connection Mm -hmm. despite physical distancing. And sometimes that physical distancing is not a transient thing. Like the pandemic sort of coincided with the early years of my motherhood. And even if I was able to leave the house because of all these other things that are going on, I still would have found that very challenging as a new mom with this baby that had this completely different sleep schedule and completely different need schedule that really prohibited a lot of driving or moving around and made it very difficult. And so there are whole populations of folks for whom that virtual connection is a primary source of connection and, and social belonging and encouragement. And so I think that's a really great point well taken there that even as we're enjoying the in-person connection again, that's part of what made 
podcasting so magical is that it allows for these deep connections beyond the screen, but still through a screen, which um, improves access for everybody. So we could go on and on. And this is one of my challenges, <laughs> continuing to talk and talk and talk because I just love it so much. But I really appreciate all that you've shared today, Jeff, and getting to, to kind of speak about our experience in putting a podcast together. And I feel like there's more practical tips to be had, but I feel like those are also easily found in our community. And I've appreciated getting to chat with you about sort of the more theoretical or experiential or um, the stuff around it, not necessarily the how you yeah. do things. So yeah. thanks for yeah, taking I, time. Uh, <laughs> to all your past guests as well. I mean, I've learned so much about just being a creative professional and thriving in the commercial world. And I've been so educated, edified by this community that you've built and you're doing such a wonderful job with how I create me. And I couldn't be more proud to, to serve as your producer and, and for our team to be uh, intertwined and have our fates be bound together. Uh, but I, I'm really finding a lot of inspiration from the conversations you're sparking uh, with your guests. And, and I think it's important that we stay close to our creative side in our world today because we need to think creatively in terms of better solutions to some of the the challenges that we face. And it's a great way to to live in this one opportunity we have to do so. Thank you so much, Jeff. It's been such a pleasure. I enjoy celebrating remarkable humans with you. And I'm so glad to have one like you as my producer. Thank you. Thank you, Jess. That's another party in the bag for How I Create Me. We're incredibly grateful that you've welcomed our content into your headspace. We take it very seriously that we should bring light and goodness to your soul. So don't be shy about sharing your thoughts. How'd we do? Do you want to hear more? What should we talk about next? To stay connected and get amongst the details, visit howicreate.me. Are there other people in your world that should join the party? Invite others by rating the show on Apple or Spotify. This helps the algorithm critters introduce us to more folks. Like, share, follow, and all the social media things. That'll help too. Explore our happenings or chime into our conversation online at howicreate.me. This podcast would not be possible without the generous efficiency of our executive producer and production team at Chat with Leaders Media. Learn how you can launch your own podcast to grow your business at chatwithleaders.com. Thanks again for listening. May you go forth and thrive.